It's a rewatch Monday here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. A look back at the win against Nebraska and a look forward to the matchup against Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game. Plus, a big weekend for hoops all today. Locked on Hawkeyes. You are Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you can find your podcast. You can also watch us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. And eh, maybe you're making Plans to buy a ticket for Indianapolis in the Big Ten Championship game. Game time certainly can help you with that. Well, we take a look back before we look forward. We had the Instant Reaction podcast on Friday afternoon after Iowa gets the hard-earned 13-10 win against Nebraska. It was wild. It was crazy. There were some unthinkable moments, and we'll relive them one final time before we get ready for the matchup against Michigan this week. ton of content coming your way. I'll be making my way to Indianapolis, and I'll have updates from you uh, for you from Indianapolis as I'll be getting there on Friday evening. Looking forward to what should be another great experience, another great opportunity for Iowa. Look, the likelihood that they're going to pull off the upset, we know how difficult it's going to be. We're going to try to find a path this week, even as unlikely as it may seem. We're definitely going to do that, but before all that, uh, let's relive what we saw on Black Friday in the win, 13-10 against Nebraska. Now, what are the crazy things? This team finishes the year 10-2, division champions in a bad division, sure. But just thinking back and what they were able to do in the second half of the game, the injuries continue to pile up. Caleb Brown, he's lost for the game. In fact, I think I found the play where he was injured, and that's one of the reasons we like to do the review here, and we will get into that. So you're playing without Caleb Brown who would definitely become your A number one, not just target, but playmaker on the offensive side of the football. The Cooper DeGene injury a couple weeks before. Noah Shannon played the whole season without him. Did not really feel like that was going to be the case for different moments throughout the course of the year, and that changed. You lose Jennings Dunker. Jennings Dunker had been certainly the healthiest of the offensive linemen this year. You lose him in the game. Logan Jones wasn't able to make it a go. So you're playing without him. Deontay Vines, who at times looked to be your number one wide receiver this year. He's been out the last couple of weeks. And then the ones that have been seemingly forever throughout the course of the season, Cade McNamara, Luke Lachey, Eric All. This team played the second half of this football game without all of those guys. And they still found a way. Well, let's talk about what we saw in that one and get into uh, a c- couple of potential, I think, interesting nuggets that jump out here. Uh, first, uh, the first carry of the game, Iowa takes the football as they uh, like to do, and it was Caleb Johnson getting the start, not LaShawn Williams. I-, I thought that was interesting. Now, second carry went right to LaShawn Williams, dropped by Nico on third down, three and out, they punted away. All right, second drive. Iowa gets the football back after uh, forcing Nebraska to very quickly give the ball right back to them. Second drive, you get a Caleb Brown catch right away. They're backed up, and a beautiful play call. Ball got out quick. Deacon uh, looked like the timing was really good, at least in the first part of this football game. 
started to struggle as the game progressed, but a big catch there. Third down, it was third and short. They went to Stranga. Stranga, I don't know, A, how he caught the ball, and secondly, how he had enough power after catching the football to get the first down, but he did. Another Nico drop. A couple of those early in the football game. That comes right back to him. Deacon finds him, gets the first down on a third down crossing route as he was able to just get upfield a none. Then they punt it away. And the punt is fumbled. You go right away to the jet sweep to Caleb Brown. All right, that's looking great. Love how that is. Then illegal formation. This team has been so has not been penalized a ton this year. It's just one of those uncharacteristic mistakes. One thing that popped up though. You know, in a spot like that. So you're around the 10-yard line. This week against Michigan, you just can't afford things like that. You can't. You, I said it in the Instaraction show. You don't have to play perfect, but you have to play clean. And that's just one of those plays. Iowa struggles enough in the red zone offensively. You can't shoot yourself in the foot and get a five-yard procedure penalty. You just can't. It's as simple as that. Then you had the field goal attempt, the delay before the field goal, then the first block of the game, and just one of those. Now, right after that, another three and out by the defense. Defense is so good throughout the course of this game. Uh, get the ball near midfield on the personal foul on the punt return uh, by Wetchin as he was hit out of bounds. Third and two, Estranga breaks a tackle, gets the first down on just a little baby bootleg that they do, and uh, just uh, cutting out the backside. Worked out well, Estranga. Boy, that kid's going to be good, isn't he? Uh, breaks the tackle for the first down. Then they fake the pitch on the first play of the second quarter. Get it out to Stiliano. He runs up the sideline. Third down, sneak into the end zone for the touchdown. Iowa jumps out 7-0. Castro forces the fumble. Uh, he has been just, you know, he went quiet for a while. Had the great start to the season. Really getting a lot of buzz about a Big Ten you know, honoree for defensive back and, and what he was going to be. Maybe a first, second team or something like that. Had a lull, maybe in the middle of the year, but boy, the way he played, he was all over the field, and you could definitely see a guy playing some great football again uh, with Castro in that one. Iowa gets the ball back, third and eight. They run a screen play to Caleb Brown for a first. That's another one that this week, third and eight screen plays are not going to work against this Michigan team. They're just not. Nebraska is a really good defense in their own right. This is a huge step up in competition this week. Those plays that work against your Big Ten West brethren, those plays are not going to work very often this week. The draw plays, the third and eight running a screen play. Uh, on that play, too, Caleb Brown got like uh, the timing was all off and offensive lineman kind of getting his way and he bounces off him and he runs for the first down. Again, these are those nifty plays that work against Nebraska or Purdue or Michigan State even. They're not going to work against Michigan this week. Hard runs from Caleb Johnson. Uh, another thing that jumped out here uh, after the touchdown. Iowa gets the ball back after the Nebraska touchdown on the safety bits blitz play. It's just one of those plays. It just, you can't, it, it doesn't work for Iowa, right? And another one where they're showing both safeties coming up. Neither of them get back in time and leads to the touchdown as Nebraska scores. But Iowa gets the ball back. Caleb Johnson. Then a missed throw to Nico. 52-yard run by LaShawn. Second and goal. Now, here's the play. Late in the first half. Now, you remember this because I think everybody remembers the third down play where Caleb Brown drops the ball. Go back to play before that, though. It's second and goal. They end up throwing the ball into the end zone incomplete, uh, looking to one of the tight ends. But they had a crossing route at about the three-yard line. So the play was from the six. About the three, Caleb Brown was lined up on the top side of your screen. He's running a crossing route. I think it was Ortworth that was the freshman tight end coming back there. And they just ran into each other. And I believe that very well could have been the play where Caleb Brown was injured in that one. Um, there's some talk of maybe a concussion was sustained on that play. He stayed out there, ran the third down play, had the drop in the end zone, 
one certainly if he has a concussion, though, understand how that one slipped through because that's a play that Caleb Brown's been making out for the last month of the season, and then the field goal is blocked. So we get into the second half, Iowa out to a 10-7 lead. Feels like it should have been a lot more, and it definitely should have been a lot more at the half. You start off the second half, kick goes out of bounds from Drew Stevens, and we found out basically his day was over at that point, at least in kicking uh, points, unless it was a 50-yarder plus, he was not going to be out there. Uh, it was back and forth. Look, Nebraska gets a field goal. Uh, there isn't a ton to say. You, you watched the game. It was boring. If you like defense, you saw some good defense from Iowa, and you saw the Iowa offense really become inept. Uh, Deacon, after showing some really good things in the first half, I thought really regressed. Uh, some of the bad tendencies started to crop back up. But one thing in the fourth quarter, Jamari Harris on that potential targeting penalty. I mean, just think, not only was Iowa going to have to play the rest of the football game without Jamari Harris, he would then have to sit out the first uh, first half, excuse me, of the game this week. That would have been incredibly impactful and incredibly scary if that would have uh, played out. Now we get into the goofiness. Uh, after that, Nebraska got their field goal attempt that was looking to tie, uh, no, take the lead as it was 10-10 at the time. Shea Kapotim inside that one just to hook that thing left, a hideous-looking one on that one. Iowa gets the ball back. They take a shot to Nico, double-covered, then goes right back to Nico for eight. Then they do the nice shuffle pass. Really like that play design and look like it could. One more block. That thing could have you know, gone for not the three yards or two, three yards that they needed on a third and two. Uh, that thing could have gone for 15. Really well-designed play there uh, by, by, by Brian Ferentz. Nebraska gets the ball, runs for eight, false start, weird spot. So we had all this goofiness at the end of the game. It just, the, the end of this football game, watching it now for a third time, I, I you can't wrap your mind around it. It's just the ineptitude, the goofiness, the silliness, the stupid decisions that were made at time. It just, it didn't make a lick of sense. So, all right, yeah, Nebraska get the ball. They run for nine uh, on the Purdy run. They have a false start. All right, second and six. No, we're going to review the spot. No, the spot was right. Now it's still second and six. Anyway, Iowa gets the ball back. So Iowa, 30 seconds left. You're back at your 30. He gets sacked. He used a timeout. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm dealing with the cold over here. We're feeling better. We're, get, we're getting geared up for any. Anyway, I, I just, Nebraska's using their time out there because they want the, you to punt it back to them. And it, it, but it works. So after that, you have the uh, the pick that was thrown. And it did feel like it was over. You had the interception return. You had the uh, block there that definitely negated what has set them up at, their third, at the 36-yard line of Iowa, where you know a couple of three-yard runs, and they're in business, they're kicking potentially a game winner. So it was the second down play where Herkick gets the interception. Watch the first down play again. And this is why we do these things, is we find these little things that you, you just miss during the course of the game. On the first down play, Iowa ran the exact same zone blitz scheme where Herkick dropped back into basically the middle linebacker spot. Purdy on that first down play, scrambled, but Herkick did the exact same thing on second down. And he throws it right to him. And a good return on top of it from your defensive end. Herkick goes out there, returns it to the 37-yard line. The big run from LaShawn for 22 sets him up. They kneel it in the middle, and Marshall Meter becomes a hero. It's just inexplicable, wild, entertaining. It's Iowa football. 
How did they grade out? We'll talk about the grades from Pro Football Focus and uh, see if they match our eyes. And we also got a little basketball to talk about. The women's team avenges their only loss of the season with a win against Kansas State. And the men's team bounces back with a win against Seton Hall. But we look at the football team coming up next. Pro Football Focus, their weekly grades. We'll do that as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by the Game Time app. Yes, right now, folks, if you are in the market for tickets for the Big Ten Championship game, you want to experience it with Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets for your next big event. And it's not just for sports. They got music, comedy, theater events near you, killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I love the view from your seat before you buy. Know exactly where you're going to be. Some stadiums, they're a little bit different. If you haven't been to Indianapolis before, really not a bad seat in the house, but see where you're going to be. See maybe how high you're going to be. Get that with the Game Time app. With Zone Deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats. For an average, 18% savings for you and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on college that'll get you 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on college l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-c-o-l-l-e-g-e off your purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. Trent kind of back with you once again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're battling. We're feeling better. We're getting ready for another week and ready for a Big Ten championship game for the Iowa Hawkeyes. A run-through of what we saw. I think we found out maybe, potentially, when Caleb Brown potentially sustained a concussion in the game. Uh, Looks like he is trending in a positive direction. Kirk Ferris did say in the Sunday media availability that we'll know more probably by Tuesday about him. Uh, Have to have him, right? Just have to have him. The hill that they're looking to climb, it's not just a hill, it's a mountain. It is as big of a mountain as they've certainly faced all season long. And this Michigan team is tough and physical and well-coached and cheaters I mean, they they got a, a long gamut that you throw in there. Uh, Jim Harbaugh looked like a weirdo during the teleconference tonight. Uh, that was odd in its own right. He's just in on the Zoom. He's in like this, it, just looking like a goober. Anyway, uh, he uh, he's a different cat, but uh, one hell of a coach. Anyway, let's get into the numbers from Pro Football Focus and take a look back uh, at the grades there. Let's start on the offensive side of the football offensively, and we start at the quarterback position where Deacon Hill graded out really well. Uh, a surprise by the number, in fact. 74.5 for him. He completed just 11 passes for 94 yards, so I I didn't see that. He got off to the good start, really struggled for a majority of the game. That one, maybe one of the biggest shockers that you had in that interception, inexplicable, uh, that pick that he threw. LaShawn Williams, your top graded running back, was a 65.1. Caleb Johnson, a 54.6. I thought he was better than that. Uh, really, Caleb Johnson, I thought, did a really good job. LaShawn will get the headlines. But as a whole, you know, this team ran, almost doubled up when Nebraska had given up 
on the ground this season. An incredibly impressive performance and credit to the offensive line. We'll get to them here in just a little bit. Jacob Bostic played a little bit more after the Caleb Brown injury. He was your top graded wide receiver with a 68.8. Credit for him to for uh, deflecting away what would have been interception earlier in the game uh, during the third quarter from Deacon Hill. Caleb Brown, though, of the regulars, he grades out with the 67. Seth Anderson with the catch of 61. Wetch at a 57. Nico with those drops down at a 43. Tight end position, Stilianos with that big catch up the sideline, a 76. Ortworth with a 64. Same for Estrenga and Bacuzzi. Uh, played a little bit. He had a 50.3. The offensive line, Jennings Dunker at 80.3. Unfortunately, Jennings left the football game. We'll know more about his availability this week. Connor Colby second on the list, followed by Tyler Ellsbury, Nick DeYoung, and Rusty Fifth, uh, and Mason Richmond bringing it up there. Uh, the way they run blocked it, and really pass blocked at time. I thought these grades were a little bit low for the offensive line overall. The importance, though, obviously, getting Jennings Dunker back out there, and we see Tyler Ellsbury continue to play at a high level at that center position. Got to figure something out going forward. Logan Jones and him, both those guys need to be on the field uh, in the future. Probably not for this season. We'll see uh, what they're going to do there, but definitely something that I think needs to happen uh, for these guys. We jump over to the numbers defensively for the Iowa football team on the defensive line. Ethan Herkett, uh, no surprise, the top graded defensive lineman, a 79.4, just a sterling number from Herkett, who had the pick. Had a, uh, one and a half tackles for a loss in the game. He was outstanding. Good to see Aaron Graves up there with the 67. Uh, he popped a couple of times on the screen. A guy that, you know, we thought maybe was going to be a bit further along this year than he has been. But he's playing some good football here in November. Great to see that. Deontay Craig didn't play a ton. He's been banged up trying to keep him healthy for next week. And the Michigan game is 64. Same for YA Black, guy that's been playing through injury with that shoulder injury. He's still playing at a high level. Uh, Logan Lee is 61. I, I, I don't know who did the grade for this one. Bad work out of you if you grade Logan Lee out at a 61.2. I don't think it was close to that. And maybe even worse was Joe Evans with the 57. I did not see it the same way that Pro Football Focus did. The linebackers, Kyler Fisher, in fact, grades out as number one, Jay Higgins, too. Uh, Jay left a couple of tackles out there. Hey, not going to kill the guy, though. He is outstanding and playing it at an all-Big Ten level. And Nick Jackson, he might be a second-teamer this year, a 63 from him. Your best defensive back grading-wise from Pro Football Focus, Sebastian Castro with an 84.2. He was all over the place. Uh, a play that he blew up on a screen, just pulverized uh, the guy there, then went in hit the offensive tackle, knocked him off his block. Castro, he's bringing the heat here late in the season. How about Deshaun Lee, your second-graded guy with a 72.8 for the freshman in for Cooper DeGene. Jamari Harris was good, a 71.4, and he will be available this week. There's no targeting. Whew, happy on that one. Quinn Schulte and Xavier Wampa, the safeties, uh, roll out. So those are the numbers from Pro Football Focus. I think some misses, some hits, and overall, gives us a picture of what we saw on the football field on Black Friday. Iowa wins it against Nebraska, and now it is Michigan. We will have you covered all week long with a lot of preview content. We will take a look at things, what Iowa has to do to pull the upset here. Don't have to play perfect. You do have to play clean and going to have to have some breaks go on top of it for it to happen. We'll come up with the blueprint and the game plan, and we'll be doing that. Of course, LaShawn Daniels, he'll be stopping by as he does each and every week. My buddy Biz will also be here this week. Also uh, with, obviously, what's right around the corner, signing day. Yeah, December signing day is going to be happening very quickly. We're going to talk a little recruiting this week and bring in a recruiting analyst here from Lockdown. So a really busy week. We got you covered on Lockdown Hawkeyes all throughout. 
with a ton of football content and so many good things happening. Not only that, hey, here on Lockdown, we got a ton going on where it's your team every day. And Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts across Lockdown, plus our national shows that cover every single league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and hit subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Well, it wasn't just football over the weekend. Yeah, we had basketball. We had wrestling. How about that? ESPN had the duel in Iowa. The Hawkeyes do it again. Wasn't always pretty, but Iowa gets the dual win against Iowa State. We'll recap the weekend that was in hoops, a little wrestling as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the sports book, the number one sports book out there. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers continue to stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers, you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Simple as that. Don't worry about the point spread. Just pick a team to win, and if they do, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets in your account. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app, it's super easy to use. I use it, open it up seemingly every single day, and there is a wide range of betting options for you to jump on. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. And they got it up right now. Yes, the Iowa-Michigan game is up there, and you can fire away at the Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes are getting 23 and a half points as we sit here and speak to you right now the over under is 35 and a half so you have that part of it or if you think the Hawkeyes are going to shock the world yes you can play that as well on that money line and you can get yourself a big number here how about this I won the money line is 16 to 1 plus 1600 on the money line visit fanduel.com slash locked on to continue the NFL season fanduel official partner of the NFL Trent kind of back with you again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Love to have you with us and love talking Hawkeyes with you. So plenty of football, obviously, early on. Let's get into the basketball. Uh, we touched on the first game in San Diego for the men's team as we uh, talked about that a little bit on the Instant Reaction podcast towards the end. Just a bad effort against Oklahoma. Got physically manhandled by a Sooner team that brought in a bunch of veterans, about a, a bunch of grad transfers, though it was a new team. And Porter Moser is an excellent coach. He, he just is. Guy that took Loyola to a Final Four. Guy's a really good coach. And in a day where you don't make shots, things like that are going to happen to Iowa. Look, there's, there's going to be those kind of performances throughout the course of this year. The way that Iowa's built, the way that Iowa plays, there are going to be those kind of nights throughout the course of this season or if the shots aren't falling, they don't have a shot. And it was as simple as that against Oklahoma. But to bounce back, beat a decent Seton Hall team. I don't think Seton Hall themselves is going to be an NCAA tournament team. But come back, do at minimum what you had to do. Like, you had to get that win. You go 0-2 with what still awaits you with road trips to Purdue and Iowa State around the corner. You were going to put yourself in a really precarious situation uh, before we even get back to regular Big Ten play when we get into January. Got the win, knocked down some shots, and really saw some of the passion that you're hoping for. Owen Freeman, he's going to be really good. He's got 
a ton of upside to his game. Would like to see him out even more. And we talked about down the stretch against Creighton. He was out there with the starting group. You know what you can tinker with a little bit more. Brock Harding shows some signs, shows some flashes. There's going to be the freshman moments, though, from him. Peyton Sanford's been good. Price Sanford, maybe that freshman group, he's the one that still feels like he is still feeling himself out the more. Dabale is going to do some really good things throughout the course of the season. I, I like this team. They're going to entertain us. Are they great? No. Are they a tournament team? I'm still not quite there. Got to do something, though. And over these next couple of weeks, again, we're going to find out more. You go to Purdue and you compete. Purdue looks to be the only good team in the Big Ten. Seriously, maybe only the only top 30 team. And Iowa has looked in that next tier as good as anybody. Yeah, Michigan State has really struggled this year. They've had their set of issues. Uh, Illinois, uh, the other preseason top 25 team, they're only three in the Big Ten. They have not looked great this year. The bottom of the conference looks deplorable. Uh, the middle looks pretty weak. It is going to be a pretty wide open season after that top spot with Purdue. Michigan State will find a way because they got Izio and, and they'll find a way. But boy, it is really, really open. And you know, if Iowa keeps improving, there's times where it looks like they're competing more on the defensive end. I think there's some things to get excited about there. Over on the women's side, avenging the loss to Kansas State. In a game where Iowa jumped out to a big lead early on, looked like maybe they were going to cruise into the victory. Got excited about that. Uh, not the case. Late in the game, Kansas State came roaring back. It was a tight one late. Caitlin Clark, though, hit what ultimately was the dagger, a three-pointer with 47 seconds left uh, as Iowa uh, finished off the victory. 77-270 is the final in this one. Caitlin Clark goes off for 32. Seven three-pointers in the game, though just three of nine from inside the three-point line and a couple of uncharacteristic misses at the free-throw line uh, late in the game. Really like what they saw from uh, Kate Martin, though. Kate Martin, they need her to be the veteran presence. They need. She's such a good defender. She's the Swiss Army knife. She can do a lot, but they need her to be able to be a more consistent scorer this year, and we'll see if they're going to be able to get that. Molly Davis has been a huge bright spot this year, and she's not real big, but she's got an uncanny ability when she gets into the paint of hitting that little flip floater, getting that up high in the air and dropping it in. Plus, she's knocking down some three-pointers, something that we just barely saw from her a year ago. If she can hit you know, a three-pointer a game, that's really going to help. Gabby didn't shoot it very well, but you know what she does on the defensive end of the floor and the posts, and they threw a lot at the All-American. Uh, from Kansas State, the big girl Lee inside. We saw Sharon Goodman out there a ton. We saw uh, Addison O'Grady, of course, out there who played pretty well in spots. And even uh, A.J. Edinger came in a little bit trying to help out inside. Fearbuck, I want to see more from her. I think she is somebody in that second unit that can definitely get some scores, and she's going to be a big help. Uh, Fulter, a uh, good rebounder. She's shown that throughout the course of this year. She has three more rebounds in there and, and another body that can come off the bench. And they're using Taylor McCabe a little bit more. Uh, she had a big performance. Uh, I think it was in the Florida Gulf Coast game in the semifinals where she went off in that one. She can help them. And there's times defensively she's going to be a liability. There's no doubt. But what she can do on the offensive end, on those nights where they are struggling to shoot the basketball and nobody else is able to help out uh, Caitlin Clark, I think that that's another avenue that they can turn. Nice win. Good avenge. Good victory there. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast, how about them? They beat North Carolina, who was ranked in the top 25 in the third place game. So that easy victory against Florida Gulf Coast, where it just kind of seemed ho-hum, 
in the semifinals. It's going to have some staying power. They're going to be pretty good. They might be a tournament team. They might win uh, their conference this year. So overall, great tournament out of the team. I'll bounce it back in a big time way and some great stuff there. It's a busy time. We got another week of football with the Big Ten Championship game. We got basketball going on. The wrestling team, we will talk about that duel a little bit more when we have a little bit more time here later in the week. But boy, feels good to go into Hilton in a day where many people believe that the 18 meet winning streak against Iowa State was going to go come to a close. Not the case. Gabe Arnold, what a stud. Uh, what a performance from him. And a little kiss for the Hilton faithful on his way out as Iowa gets the dual win against the clones. We'll talk about that a little bit more. We got you covered with your Big Ten Championship talk here as well on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Your team every day on the Lockdown Network. That's what we do. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.